You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Alexa, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday, first day of a podcast after free agency started. We got a big one here. There was some news. LeBron James has made a decision. Paul George has made a decision. And we've heard some things on DeMarcus Cousins. But I'm going to tell you actually what's gone down with DeMarcus Cousins so far and where the negotiations and situation, let's call it, between him and the Pelicans stand. Because there has been some serious other interests. It's not just agents putting things out there for leverage or anything like that. I think that's overblown to a degree how much is thrown out there because, frankly, that stuff doesn't influence other teams like people think. But there was a real threat. There still maybe is a bit of a threat to sign DeMarcus Cousins away. And it's not all entirely the Pelicans out of the woods yet. But they're still feeling much better. So we'll discuss that, of course, with DeMarcus Cousins. And then we'll talk about some of the other deals and where the Pelicans stand in terms of other guys. Not going to talk really about Rondo right now because there's no update there. But who else are they targeting? How come they haven't made any other move? Or what's their kind of plan to go forward in free agency with all of this? So we'll get into all of that and more. Everything you want to know about the Pelicans in free agency in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So free agency honestly started with a bang with Paul George heading back to the Oklahoma City Thunder on a four-year deal, three years with a player option at the end. So he's likely going to opt out and then sign another extension after that, basically keeping him there for seven or eight years. I forget the numbers and who cares right now. It doesn't really matter. That was, you know, I think kind of in the tea leaves with everything over the two or three days leading up to Saturday night. That's what we're going to call it here. Um, And not, you know, Sunday morning or whatever. It was Saturday night. So I think that kind of twisted things a little bit. And, of course, then we learned LeBron James is going to the Lakers on Sunday afternoon. And that was those were the two big things here. But I know you guys care more about DeMarcus Cousins and the Pelicans. So here's what I've been told has gone on. And this comes from sources with multiple teams and discussions with a lot of other people. So these, in my opinion, have been fairly well checked. So I trust this information. Who knows? Might be wrong. You never totally tell. But again, I've kind of done my due diligence on here, and I wouldn't really throw it out on the podcast here if I didn't really feel kind of good about this. And also, look, I'm not trying to break news or do this full time. I have another job and then that I do full time and then kind of another side gig too there. And I like all of that. I'm not looking to do this anymore. There was a period of time when I was trying to get in there and came close to a couple of things, but not anymore. So I'm not throwing this out there to make myself sound cooler or more important or anything like that. You guys can just either believe it or not, but since it's my podcast and I trust this information, I'm going to throw it out there. And again, when it comes to local people on any team, it's up to you guys on who you want to believe and who you find credible. It's not always easy to tell. So I'm not saying you guys should believe me. I'm just saying I trust this enough to throw it out there. And if you guys want to deem it credible and you guys trust me, I'm happy about that. But that's frankly all this is. And again, if I really wanted to make a name for myself, I'd be doing it more on Twitter and trying to get in all that and all those sweet retweets that do really nothing for you. But still, so 
the way this has all gone down is obviously Cousins has had a contract offer for a while now from the Pelicans. And then they haven't talked to him for an extended period of time. I don't know if that's a week or two weeks or a month, what have you, but he's had the offer. We all knew that. And yeah, they kind of were just waiting for him to either kind of do whatever with it. Obviously, he said no. Otherwise, we would have heard about a deal being done and agreed to on opening night of free agency. And it's no surprise that he didn't agree to anything with the Pelicans because, frankly, they're not going to go in with their best offer around uh, on, on the, in the first time. It's just not a smart negotiating tactic in anything. So, you know, the Pelicans here came in on the annual salary of right around $20 million or so. Nothing amazing, but, you know, they're concerned about the uh, injury and they didn't really think that there was much of a market for DeMarcus Cousins, particularly when the news came out that uh, DeAndre Jordan kind of agreed to uh, uh, verbally agreed to a deal with the Mavericks. And let's just say for the sake of this, we don't think this is going to <laughs> kind of go turn around and uh, not be a deal anymore. So they made him an offer and he wasn't interested. And then the Lakers did reach out to him. There certainly 100% was a credible threat from the Lakers. There still might be as the time of this recording. So there definitely was another threat to sign DeMarcus Cousins. It wasn't just agents or posturing or anything like that. There was very real interest between the Lakers and DeMarcus Cousins. Cousins had interest going there and playing for um, Magic and the Lakers and playing alongside LeBron James. And the Lakers, thinking they needed to bring another star in to pair with LeBron James, this was all before he was signed officially and they had really talked to him, felt like they needed to kind of make a move. So they came in with a one-year offer for DeMarcus Cousins at sub $20 million, somewhere around the 18 range. So kind of his current salary, a low amount and not the years he wants. You don't get his bird rights or anything like that. So it's not necessarily in his best interest to take that deal. But that was the starting point. They at least wanted to kind of test the waters and see how he felt like that to kind of get a gauge on what he was thinking. Not necessarily that it was just take it or leave it. Then they had their meeting with LeBron James, and LeBron seems to have, as Ramona Shelburne tweeted, a much more patient outlook with everything with the Lakers. We all expected him to sign a one or two year deal or a one in one or a two plus one, something like that. He signed a four year deal, basically three with a player option at the end. So a three plus one, but that's longer than anyone was expecting showing he's kind of got some patience on this and maybe doesn't need to see this team turned into a title contender overnight. That kind of more or less took the Lakers out of the DeMarcus Cousins running. And it's even more so now which, with the amazing news that you can tell what time I'm recording. is It's 9.30 Central here. The Lakers just signed Lance Stevenson to what looks like the room exception. So they're likely out of the DeMarcus Cousins um, running right now officially. So look, that was kind of the feeling that they were going to make a big play for DeMarcus. If LeBron comes in he's like, and you go, hey, yeah, we talked to... Um, DeMarcus Cousins, he's interested in signing here. What are you thinking? He goes, yeah, bring him in. They were going to uh, they were gonna change that offer. It wasn't going to be one year sub uh, $20 million. It was going to be two plus whatever money or however it was going to be structured. That's kind of where it stood and still stands right now. And then they can easily waive, not waive, uh, stretch Dang's contract. You can renounce Randall and all the other cap holds. And you do have around $24, $25 million to basically spend on him potentially, maybe even more depending on what you do. So there were real legit concerns that he was going to leave. And the Pelicans internally felt that and they were kind of nervous about it. 
And they're willing to let Cousins walk if the price is right. Obviously, they would not like to have that be the first case scenario. So that's what went on over this weekend here. And that's kind of the big news and how those negotiations went down. This is important for the team, and it's also part of the reason they're quiet in free agency. So after the reset here, we're going to talk about that. So look, make sure you tune into Locked On NBA. Again, five days a week, breaking down stuff basically in real time as it happens. You get analysis the next day. No other podcast is coming to you in basically 30 minutes or less giving you that. And you want to know what to make of all of these moves. And we've got local experts for every single team here in the NBA discussing what's going on. You don't get that kind of coverage from the national guys. You all know it here in New Orleans. They don't treat this city and this team like some of the other ones here. So you want to get it from local experts. And that's why you guys turn into tune into the podcast here or other pods and read local sites and things like that. Locked on NBA brings it all to you from that local level. So definitely make sure you listen and subscribe, particularly on Wednesday. We're probably going to have so much fun, uh, John and I, on the Locked on NBA podcast. So make sure you listen and subscribe. So while LeBron James and Paul George were expected to be the first dominoes to fall before free agency got started, even though that isn't quite how it worked out, you saw a lot of littler deals and stuff kind of get in there. You know, the the Pelicans have their first domino still waiting to fall, and we just talked about it with DeMarcus Cousins in the first segment here. But there's a reason why they're not really doing anything and they're more active, say, on trade market and trade talks than they are in free agency. And this was expected. I told you guys this was coming. And to really think they were going to be active early on, aggressive early on in free agency doesn't make a lot of sense because they didn't even know where they were going to stand. They knew their offer to Cousins. They figured they might need to go up a little bit more on that. But I don't think they were banking on this much interest from, say, another team that was a, had very real pull until their domino fell. And then their domino fell and it kind of chilled out. But before that, again, as I just said, the Lakers are were a threat. They're still a bit of a threat. Don't count that out. I just got a text about that. That's all I'm going to say. I, I don't say it's fully ended, all I'd say is maybe it would take less money for the Lakers to sign uh, DeMarcus Cousins than it would the Pelicans, keeping in mind his temperamental mentality. And that's all we'll leave it at that because I don't know how much I want to throw into that just yet. We'll see in the next coming days, hopefully. So the Pelicans need this domino to fall first because they don't know how much money they have to spend. They don't know if they have the non-taxpayer mid-level exception or the mini mid-level exception, the taxpayer mid-level exception, that $8.6, $8.8 million or the $4 million, $1.5 million, whatever it is. I don't have the numbers in front of me because we're kind of doing this as a reaction podcast. So they haven't been able to make moves, which is a shame because there's a number of guys they could have gone out and gotten. And we'll touch on those in a moment here. But, you know, this was going to be a quiet free agency as the Pelicans look to try and dump the contracts of Alexia Jinsa or... Um, ideally Solomon Hill, get them further away from the tax, get them further away from the tax apron. And then that way they can try and then make a move that'll kind of, they, or at least they know how much money they have to spend. That's the thing. They don't want to hard cap themselves by say, going out and getting a guy like Ed Davis and paying him five and a half million dollars, part of the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. Then they've got to sign cousins to more because they were worried about him going to the Lakers. Then all of a sudden you're actually hard capped and you can't bring back Rondo. So that's kind of the issues here and why they're kind of paralyzed, unable to make, you know, any significant moves just yet until they get this DeMarcus Cousins deal out of the way and they kind of know what's going on. So that's been the issue so far. But there's a lot of good uh, contracts out there that they could have 
tried to sign guys to Glenn Robinson the third was one that a number of people threw out there he's getting 8.3 million over two years certainly that fits into part of the non-taxpayer mid-level exception Mario Hezonia out of Orlando who could have been maybe a three stretch four for you going to the New York Knicks at one year six and a half million dollars that makes a lot of sense there too Fred Van Vliet going to Toronto at two years, $18 million, when you factor in the raises, likely puts him right at the full non-taxpayer mid-level exception, the 8.6, 8.8, whatever we're rounding here, million-dollar deal is. And the Pelicans could have signed him to that. Maybe if you had offered him the full three-year non-taxpayer mid-level exception, would he have taken that versus the two-year version there in Toronto and at least got some more guaranteed money? You don't know that for sure because maybe he does want the two-year deal so if he plays well he can then get another contract sooner but still they're not really able to have many of these conversations you see the pelicans being linked to guys but you don't see them really being like they're in talks or anything like that because again they don't really know so the guys they're linked to are likely going to be kind of minimum deals that they know they can kind of get in and not use the mid-level exception on other exceptions basically that minimum vet exception so that's kind of what you're looking at here you had jeremy grant go three years 27 million dollars likely the full mle there too um trevor reza was out of their range but ed davis one year 4.4 man if you could have gotten ed davis 4.4 and a guy like glenn robinson the third even though i'm not that big on glenn robinson the third but still right there those are two guys that really could have helped the team but you don't know what you have to spend and if you also want to factor in bringing rondo back that hard cap does become kind of prohibitive on what you're trying to do in free agency this is why i thought they were going to be really quiet and look to try and move salary first and certainly that's what they are doing. They want to try and get some salary off the books so it at least gives them some wiggle room and then they can go and make moves before having to worry about what's going on with DeMarcus Cousins and you don't need that domino to fall still. Scott Kushner tweeted out that there's um, Ennis is still on the uh, market and someone the Pelicans want to look at. You've seen some other names that they've been linked to, different things like that. We'll talk about those upcoming in a moment here. But that's kind of where they stand. They need this domino of DeMarcus Cousins to fall first, whether it's he's leaving and they kind of know, okay, this is what we've got to do, or it's that they re-sign him, they have that figure, they know how much cap they have, but then that does create other issues. So one of the reasons they're not going and signing these guys early on, and again, they really were not going to do that, was that you know, if you do sign someone to the non-taxpayer MLE and then teams assume you're going to sign Cousins and bring him back, well, all of a sudden you need to trade that salary and that salary becomes even more expensive to trade. And it already was going to be more expensive because teams right now are hoarding their cap space, teams like Atlanta, the Kings and others. And you're kind of looking at it and being like, okay, you know, maybe we could send something there. They don't need, uh, they don't need that for the Pelicans' first-round pick. They want to see if they can get other deals first. So that's always going to make the Pelicans more expensive. So it's not stopping them from trying to do this. But then you really only have three or four days to kind of make a deal done, and you're at least kind of on an accelerated timeline, which plays into the hands of those other teams as well. So that's kind of where the Pelicans stand in free agency right now. That's why they're being quiet. And again, they weren't going to be active on anything else because they just don't know what they have. It's still uncertain. Once that gets set, that's where you'll see them make some more moves. But there is some more depth out there, and the Pelicans feel they can get some good value. So I think that's what they're waiting for right now. Um, we'll, of course, mention some names that are still out there, things they want to do um, in the third segment. So let's do that right after the reset here. 
So when the Pelicans do make a move and something happens, of course, we'll talk all about it over at LockedOnPelicans.com. Make sure you bookmark that page. Check it out. We're going to have some news up there. We're hitting kind of at the end of that dead period where there's been no real rumors and the Pelicans couldn't really do anything. The moratorium's about to end. So now, or it's in place and, and then it'll end soon. So they can talk to different teams. We're going to break down a lot of free agents once they start signing people. So make sure you check out LockedOnPelicans.com. So a lot of the names I said in Friday's podcast where I gave you guys a free agency primer of names the Pelicans would look at, I didn't expect those names to go that early and fast in free agency, to be honest. And then you really look at the deals that kind of went down, and they were a lot of players re-signing with their own teams, teams that were already in the tax or over the cap, and they just had to put a premium on re-signing their guys. Will Barton at four years, $54 million, even though it's a player option in year four, is a bit of an overpay. But if the Nuggets are willing to pay the tax or feel they can just move some salary later down the line, that's not as big of a deal for him. You may as well keep your own guy because you can't improve the team that much in other ways. So there's no surprise there. Same thing with them re-signing Nikola Jokic and all of that. You know, Rudy Gay re-signing on a one-year $10 million deal. That non-bird exception with the Spurs makes a lot of sense there. You know, so you kind of, Joe Harris, a name we threw out there, two years, $16 million, $8 million a year. You could have had him for the whole mid-level exception. But again, the Nets just kind of went out and re-signed him and they keep these own guys because they don't want to let him get away and they know they have the inside track to get him. So maybe it shouldn't have surprised us that a lot of these names really did re-sign early on with their own teams. Maybe we kind of missed that one and thought it would be a depressed market and teams were scared. And yeah, other teams were scared, which allowed these teams to just re-sign their guys at below market deals. So it took some of the sexier names for the Pelicans off the board early, but their needs haven't changed, and there's still a lot of other ways to kind of fix that. James Ennis, as I just mentioned, is still going to come very cheaply. Supposedly, he's going to be visiting with the Rockets. The Pelicans would like to meet with him. He's a guy that's probably going to come in on a vet minimum. I don't think he's going to take necessarily tons of the MLE or different things like that, so maybe he's a guy you can sign before you know about Cousins and Rondo and some of the other things, the dominoes that need to fall first. Same thing for Luke Baamute. Maybe he comes in really cheap. He's a guy who's continually been underpaid, but you never know. You know, do the Rockets go too much to re-sign him now that Ariza left and is signed with the um, Phoenix Suns? By the way, that is a bit of an odd move on a one-year $15 million deal, but it feels like they're just going to try and trade him at the trade deadline and either bring a pick back or kind of add another young player by trading him to a contender or something like that. They didn't really like anyone they could have gotten long-term for their cap space, so you may as well use it on a very desirable player and then trade him for someone you like better further down the line. It's actually a pretty shrewd move, and I like that. So, you know, Rodney Hood's still out there, and even though it sounds like Cleveland will likely match anything for him, probably in the $11 million range before they really dive into the luxury tax there, you can still at least try. You know, there's a guy like Mike Scott, a guy I said I thought was going to be a good fit here, potentially. Same thing for Alex Len. You've got Kylo Quinn still out there. So the Pelicans still have tons of options, and the markets for these guys are going to kind of drop more and more and more as teams use their MLEs, and then they run out of cap space and re-sign some other players. So you're going to get some good value much further down the line in free agency. Isaiah Thomas, anyone, something like that. So I think that's something to keep an eye on that, yeah, the Pelicans have missed out on a lot of these names we would have liked them to go for 
early, but there's still a lot of other names out there that they're going to really like and maybe get at better value. And come on, we're NBA fans and we're pretty smart when it comes to this stuff. We love nothing more than, oh, there we go. We actually have it official. Alfred Payton has agreed to a deal with the Pelicans, league sources say. So right in the middle of the podcast doing this, uh, we get some news. So... Boom. He's not going to be expensive, so I think that's why you can almost make this move right now. But certainly no one was really knocking down the door on him. So this was kind of an interesting one. Also, I don't think he's very good, so who really cares? We'll break that signing down tomorrow, though, for you guys. But there we go. Alfred Payton signing with the Pelicans. So that's at least kind of fun. Um, And we get a deal done. So that is a perfect spot to end it with the Pelicans actually making a sign. And we'll talk more about Alfred Payton in the coming days. It's not a huge move. Maybe it signals that Rondo's back. I'm not sure. Taking a look at it, if it's for the vet minimum, that's okay. You don't need kind of the first domino of Cousins or Rondo to necessarily sign to be able to do that. But it does maybe mean that Rondo's time is done. We'll see. It kind of maybe depends on what this contract is going to be. You could maybe get those two deals done, even if this was for a little bit more than the vet min for him. So we'll see what this is done. Uh, or what what this means and everything, but in the coming days, once we get some more. But obviously, let's stop now before things keep happening, and we've kind of at least covered most of the stuff here that you need to know about the weekend. So DeMarcus Cousins and all of that, why they haven't been aggressive with some of these other free agents. And look, Alfred Payson's not good. Um, so yeah, that's an interesting thing here. So thank you all for listening, as always. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 